The Pope and Young Club wants to welcome you as we rally together to ensure our bow hunting opportunities for today and tomorrow. You've come to the podcast that believes in preserving, protecting, and promoting the passion for bow hunting. Join us as we strive to be the voice of today's bow hunter. This is the Pope and Young Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pope and Young Podcast. Jason Roundsville here, joined as always with my co-host Dylan Ray, and we have world record holder. I'm going to say, Rodney, I'm going to say brand new world record holder, even though it's been a while for you. So we have Rodney Cockrum, who now has the world record Central Barren Ground Caribou in Velvet. Rodney, welcome to the Pope and Young podcast. Thank you. It's exciting to be here. It's uh, it's quite an honor. Well, uh, we appreciate you taking some time. Um, we always like to talk to our hunters and especially the world record stories. There's just it seems like they seem there's there always seems to be a little more behind them. So I'd like to start out and I'd like to hear about the hunt and about this animal. Can can you give our listeners some get let's let's hear the story. Sure. So so and I'm gonna start back a little ways on my very first caribou hunt that I ever went to, which uh um I'd never been on a guided hunt before. Um, I was asked to go, so um, I went with, uh, there was actually a group of us, there was 12 of us that went up, um, and we were in the Northwest Territory, Camp Equo is where we were at, which means Camp Caribou in the native language, um, went up there to harvest two species, right, two, uh, two caribou, absolutely the the funnest thing i'd ever done in my life nice. um a couple years passed um everybody killed on that particular trip uh, i think almost everybody killed and there was 12 of us and out of the 12 i believe there was only three rifle hunters and the rest of us were archery hunters okay in that particular camp which was was quite a deal it was it was absolutely phenomenal so then um, I wanted to do it again. A few years passed. A good friend of mine, uh, Michael Parks, asked if I wanted to go back up again. I did. Um, and so we flew back in. Uh, Michael and I were, were uh, we stayed in, in one of the tents, uh, the two of us. And then we'd gone out in the morning. Um, I ended up killing a, a, a decent caribou, you know, any that you can take with a archery is i think is phenomenal um so a couple days went by we weren't seeing a lot of animals because it was warm they really hadn't started the heavy migration yet um and then a couple days went by uh we found some caribou so we got on them um the my particular caribou the one that i ended up taking um it was it was my day to shoot so i was fortunate enough to be the one to put the sneak on this animal so got down off over the little knoll there got in some brush got up to him got within like 30 yards of him looked at him well the day before and i didn't understand how caribou were really scored and and that's that's not the big thing to me but he had a a one of his beds was a spike. Okay. Well, I just killed one a couple of days before that already had a spike on it. I wanted that caribou with the big bez on it. Right. I just <laughs> yeah. wanted one that looked really cool. Okay. So at 30 yards, I passed this caribou up, went back up on the hill where, where the um, George, I believe is what my guide's name was and Michael. And they're sitting there and they're looking at me and they go, well, what happened? I said, oh, I passed him up and they're both, both their jaws just, they hit the ground. They're like, you're kidding me. Yeah. You know, had, pass him up? I said, well. Yeah, I've had some hunting buddies that I've wanted to smack from time to time. That might've yeah. been the situation. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so they, 
you know, I go, well, he had a spike on one side and they're like, do you realize how big that animal was? I said, yeah, he was a nice caribou. I said, but that wasn't what I was looking for. George, the guide looked at me and he goes, you realize that that was probably a close to a world record. And I'm like, you're kidding me. He's like, oh no. So of course I just felt like absolute crap. So we take off. We go hunting the rest of the day. And, of course, Michael was up. And, and I can't remember if he killed one. I don't think he killed one. And so that late in the afternoon, we're headed back to camp in the boat. And I go to George. I said, go back over there. He, he starts laughing at me. He says, he says, no. He says, there's no way that caribou is there. And I said, just humor me and go back over there. He went back over there. That caribou was 75 yards from where I left him. Really? Which is unbelievable. So if you don't think that things are meant to be, this is a prime example because caribou, we all know caribou feed at three miles an hour constantly. They're constantly moving. Okay. So he was there. So we went around a little point, dropped me off, snuck in there. I crawled on my belly got eaten up by uh by white socks which are the bugs up there that were terrible um set up they were all laying down in kind of a v there was five bulls there my bull was the was at the back the biggest one um and so i was behind a piece of uh, i think it was a blueberry brush that would barely cover me and was was basically on my side and had to roll and draw and get to my knees and shot him at like 40 yards he went 25 yards and tipped over yeah so wow so pretty pretty phenomenal story you know and that's that's one of those stories that will like most of the animals i've taken will that one just really, really sticks in my mind, like it happened yesterday. So that's awesome. Pretty phenomenal. Yeah, pretty phenomenal. Yeah. So we 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 get him. We take care of him. We take him apart. We get him back to camp. And fortunately, we had a taxidermist in camp, and uh, they're looking at it. And of course, I'm I'm pretty excited about how big he was, and everybody's all goo goo eyed over him, and and. Uh, and so I go, I, I want to save this and I want to save the velvet. So he was, he brought all of his stuff and actually injected it with the salt brine or whatever he used. The, the, the funny part of it is, is that when we were getting ready to fly out, they go, well, we've got to split the horns on this. And I'm like, no, no way. You're not, if this thing is potentially that big, you are not splitting the horns. Right. Okay. So it cost me an extra, I don't remember, 500 bucks because, because they couldn't fit him in there with the rest of the gear and, only, and had to make a special trip to bring that set of horns out, okay? Once they did that, they're like, okay, now we have to crate them and figure out how to get them shipped to you. Well, it took four and a half months because they had to crate them, ship them, um get across the border into the united states and i trucking company to pick them up and then get them down to me into the to portland oregon area so okay quite a story and it was quite a long drawn out process just to get them back you know wow so wow um, well good hey, man right there good thing that you had you know well, I don't know about passing in the first time. I'm not, I'm not going to say that was good, but it's a good, <laughs> but it's a good thing that you went back for him, and it, you know, good thing you had the forethought right then, you know, to pay the extra money because that's a lot of money, you know, and and take all the extra steps to get him back without splitting it, and uh, you know, and and here it is, and what year was that? Uh, that was 2000 and what year was that? Well, it was 17 years ago. Where's that? Okay. It's 2005. Oh, five? 
Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. 2005. Yeah. That's uh, it. It reminds me, um, you know, here you are, you, you've legitimately passed a, a confirmed world record. Not a lot of people can say that. No, exactly. Yeah. And it right? uh, leads me to start. We were at, uh, we're at the archery trade association show. Uh, it was four years ago and we had the Mel Johnson's number one whitetail on a stand out in front of our booth. And I got tired. I it just, you're, you're sitting there and, and here's a, here's the world record buck. It's, it's, you know, longstanding record. It was shot in the sixties and people come up and they, they'd look at it and they'd be like, Oh, I got a few of those. And you're just like, <laughs> no, no, you don't. And it's like, and, and it, and it just, this goes on like the first day it was just over and over and over. And it's finally the second day I just started, you know, messing with people a little bit. Cause they just come up and, and, uh, and they'd be like, Oh yeah, I, I, I got one like that. I said, you know, I said, this one, this is one I'd like to, I'd like to have back. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I was like, you know, if I'd have known how big this was, I wouldn't have passed it for my, and let my buddy shoot this one. And the guys are like, you passed that? <laughs> and I'm like, no, it was shot before I was born. But still, it was just, you, yeah. you know. So I was joking yeah. about it. You actually yeah. did that. So. I actually did that. Yes. That's pretty yeah. cool. Which, again, and I go back to my previous statement, which was, you know, if people don't believe things happen for a reason, I mean, that is, I don't know how much more proof you need um, that one, if you're persistent, if you're passionate, if you will, will sometimes go back through and, and retrace your steps and do some of those things. Look, it's, it's possible. It's, it's just, it's possible for things like this that I've been blessed with to actually um, take an animal of that quality. Okay. Yeah. So, so things happen for a reason. Absolutely. Um, now the process, I want to talk about a little bit about the, the process for getting this to be, cause, cause years ago, it's just in the last couple of years that we have recognized velvet animals as official world records because our policy in the past was that a um you know we would measure a, a velvet animal but we did not have world records in the velvet category and so right. you know it, it, it's a fun it, let's talk a little bit about that journey because it it was quite the process so you had yeah, this monster caribou, you sent it into panel, you know, 14, 15 years ago. And apparently at the time we called, um, if you, if it was a top five animal in velvet, we called them in to panel. But from my understanding, they'd come to panel and most of them did not get measured and verified by the panel committee. Correct. And so when, when the rules changed and it turned out yours was, was one for, for consideration, we started digging and, and apparently yours was one of the very few that we're aware of that actually was remeasured at, and verified at panel. So. Anyway. And, and that's that's kind of an interesting story also, because, you know, after digging into it, you know, and of course, I got my my. <clears throat> so after digging into it and talking. Um, he, he was not there um, at that particular convention, but he did talk to a bunch of the guys that were there. And my understanding was at that time or that year, they only received like 65 animals, period, right? To, that actually showed up at convention. And there wasn't a lot of people there. And he's like, well, I 
I think everything I can understand is the guys were bored, so they wanted to measure it. So they yeah. actually panel measured it. And that just came out, what, 17 years later? That yeah. All that information just comes out probably because I was so persistent on <laughs> Bug and Tim and Roy both going, you know, look, I have the paperwork. I have both paperworks that are both stamped and signed. And you can yes. see where they had a correction in there where they were going back and forth on one of the points on it. And then it's initialed. So you tell me how this wasn't panel score. Yeah. Right. Well, and I, I think that's the thing is they just, we, we just didn't know. And, you know, we talked about it just a little bit before we jumped on is, it, you know, we're Pope and young. We're, you know, we're the, the leader in records for North American big game, but you know, we're not perfect. We do our very best to, to strive to do the best we can. And, you know, my team now, we have adopted a policy to provide, um, you know, legendary service. We want to service the hunters who are sending their trophies in. We want to service the measures. We want to service our members. We're really taking strides to, to give that next level of service wherever we can. And I don't know that we've always had that. I think in the past we've, we've, not necessarily had that not not didn't have not had a bad attitude just just we weren't trying we weren't given always the extra effort to to get it done so in this case um i'm just glad that it finally got into the right hands that you know you had the paperwork and then when roy and and tim saw that they're like well he's got the paperwork it's got the signatures on it so it made it made it easy for us to move this forward so um it's exciting for me i mean world records that's just there, there's only one there, you know there's only well, one you know so if i look at it right and and i try and tell people i just didn't look be in my shoes for a minute i'm i'm uh i'm a high school graduate i'm 61 years old i come from a place Vail, Oregon, which um, it's not the end of the world, but you can certainly see it from there. Okay, um, that's a beautiful yeah, area. It it is beautiful. Don't don't get me wrong. I take nothing away from it. It was absolutely phenomenal growing up in that country. Um, that's big but, mule deer country, Vail, Oregon, man. There are monster mule deer over there. Used to be some really big ones, you know. There used to be, and I think you can still find them um, if you if you put enough time and enough effort into it. I still think that that I and I truly believe this. There's places in the Oahe's um, that, well, uh, in the Oahe's and even in Grant County, I still believe that there is a potential world record there. I, I really do. I've seen some monster, monster mule deer there in, yeah. in that country. Um, I grew up, my dad was the Malheur County, which is the largest county in Oregon, roadmaster. I've been in all that country. I've been oh, yeah. in all that back roads and, and seen the, the types of animals out there, right? From the time I was 10 years old until I was, I don't know, actually it was younger than that. From the time I was about seven um, um, up through my, my high school years, I ran all that country back there. So, um, so they're there, you know, um, they're there. So, um, um, but, but for what, for what we went through, um, to get this particular animal, um, verified, you know, Right after convention, I had looked on the website, um, obviously, and looked under world records, and they had my name placed there as the world record velvet caribou, right? And so I'm all excited and giddy and talking to friends and, you know, letting them know. And then, and then I had a buddy call me about a week later. He said, well, I just looked it up and it's not on there. I go, what? He goes, yeah. He says, it's not on there. So I opened it up, looked it up. Well, it's not on there. So that's how that whole process started. And then I called back uh, to the headquarters 
and they go, well, you need to talk to Tim. And so of course I called Tim and, and, uh, um, I'm sure that Tim told you, I got, I was a little twitipated, if you will, <laughs> about that process going, look, here's what it says. And then all of a sudden you take me off there. I says, yeah, how, how do I even go back to people and say, well, apparently I'm not the world record yeah. holder, you know? Oh. And so that whole process went down and, and look, I, I commend Pope and Young because Tim goes, look, he says, why don't we do this? Why don't we just send a panel out there and, and remeasure it, right? Well, first of all, my very first question to, to, to Tim was, we all know what velvet does, right? It shrinks, yeah. okay? So how much shrinkage are you going to allow when this thing, look, he went 390, 384, okay? are you going to allow 10 inches? Or are you going to allow three inches? What do you, well, you know, and I'm like, look, well, I'm, they, I'm just not okay with this. Tim. You, you know, and Rodney that we have a shrinkage allowance and it is held under uh, such and I strict. Yeah. It is held in such strict under such strict lock and key. I'm the executive director and I don't know it. And, and it has come up. Right. And I'm like, guys, I don't want to know. It. I, Cause it's like, Let's leave it locked up. And so there is an allowable shrinkage on, on stuff like that. And so it's uh, like, but, but what is it? And that was the question I tried to ask. What is it? Well, it's, it's allowable. But, and that's, that's as far as it went. I was never yeah. told. And at this point, it, it really doesn't matter. But, you know, that was the one thing that it, it looked, I'll take nothing away from that caribou ever, 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 just like the, all the elk I've killed and stuff. I will take nothing away from the animal. Um, it's just, it gets a little, it got a little disheartening um, in hearing some of those things until we got to where we needed to be with that particular animal, right? Well, and so and again, I, I commend Pope and Young for doing everything that they needed to do um because i'm i'm sure they wanted to to see the right animal um yeah in the in the history books right because that's well, what it is it's a it's a history book yeah absolutely yeah. and and that's you know our records guys they are very very protective of the records program and rightly so because it it has to you know it has to withstand the scrutiny of people who, who want to, you know, downplay it or whatever. You know, I talked to a guy yesterday. He's like, oh, I shot this bull and I shot that bull and I got a 405 and I got a four. And he says, then I shot a raghorn. You know, it was only 330. And I'm just like, how many of them did you enter? Oh, I don't enter them. I'm not into that. And I'm like, okay, that means you probably shot a 330 and a 220. It's like, you know, yeah. it's, uh, and, and I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about Tim. So Tim is our director of records, you know, works for me. And uh, I had him over because yeah. I had a, a whitetail and a couple of antelope and, and he came over and I think I missed all three of those. The, the three of them combined missed by three inches. And so I was looking at this. I'm like, man, you can't find, you can't find an eighth here or an eighth there. And he says, he says, there's no finding nothing. He says, it's either there or it's not. And I'm like, you know, at the time I was like, man, I, you know, I'm not a finished carpenter or a measure. So, you know, I, I round up, but, uh, but I, it was, it was very nice to me. Cause I'm like, if the director of records can't find an eighth of an inch here or there for his boss, then you know what? That records program, that is the, that for me, I was as happy about that as if, as if, you know, magically it would have, because all of a sudden I can look anybody in the eye and say, it's a hundred, 100% legitimate. When that score comes in, there's right. no fudging. There's no rounding up. There's no, ah, a little extra here. A little, no, it, it, it is what it is. There is nothing more. And right. so it, it actually gave me a really good sense of, of pride and, respect even even higher respect for the the integrity of that program so um you know and and for us we want to get it right and so even though it's been 17 years 
Rodney, we finally got it right. And so oh, now, yeah, absolutely. Now we're looking, I can't wait to see that thing in Reno. I'm really excited to see that. So, so I'm, so, you know, when, when I sent that back the first time, I, uh, I don't, I took that caribou from Sandy, Oregon to Boise, Idaho, because that was the closest Cabela's to ship him from and then sent him back to I believe it's Hamburg, Hamburg, Pennsylvania is where I sent him to, right? Nervous as a cat on a hot tin roof. Oh, yeah. Right? Shipping that thing back. Well, <clears throat> so driving that far, when we got to Boise, I opened the crate up and the horns were loose. And I'm like, oh, my. Oh, no. OMG, right? So immediately I called Mark Schmidt, which was my taxidermist. I said, Mark, I said, these horns are loose. What do I do? And he says, ah, just grab a couple of three-inch screws and run them through there. It'll yep. be fine, which is what I did, right? And I've yet to have a problem with them. So yeah. here it sits, and and it sits in, uh, in uh, the running store, believe it or not, in Dickinson, North Dakota is where I'm at now, along with all the rest of my mounts i've got a 60 inch yukon moose i've got three well all four caribou in there i've got one two three four uh rocky mountain elk in there i've got two mule deer in there i've got two uh 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 western oregon uh, blacktail in there um an antelope in there what else uh, i think i've got a duck in there but when when i moved to north dakota um runnings here in dickinson had just built that built that new uh, uh sporting goods site so i'm moving from oregon moving out to dickinson and i'm, I'm trying to figure out what am i going to do with all my heads because i i there's not a they don't build houses like that to hang those types of heads in right so, so I had pictures of them walked in there. I kind of looked around at their mounts and they, again, not to take nothing away from anybody else's animals, but lots of those I wouldn't have mounted me personally, yeah. um, walked in there, showed them the pictures and they and go, well, I'd ask them, I says, are you, would you guys be willing to hang any heads? And they're like, well, I don't know. What do you got? So I started scrolling through my pictures and they're, they couldn't say yes fast enough yeah so um they give me the the main checkout area is where all of my animals are at and that's that is my area nice. right where all the guns cool. are at where they do all the checkouts at they made all the plaques for me they put the scores on there from what what i have on them right so um so it's it's pretty humbling to be able to walk into a establishment like that, which is all over the basically from the Midwest to the East Coast is where the running stores are. Well, this is probably the only running store in the country that has a world record. That's, they, give you, they give you any coupons or anything? No, <laughs> no, they just let me hang on there. I'm, like, I'm always looking for that angle. No, that's yeah. that's outstanding. Well, I'll tell you what, you, we you got plenty of time to to uh, you know for for letting them for letting you to or for you letting them put them up. They ought to they ought to crate that thing up for you so and, and uh, so yeah. they can get it to Reno. Well, I'll I'll crate it up. I've done it once, and so this time in talking with Tim because I had a. Uh, um, I did him on a pedestal mount. Okay. okay. So I did, I had a, uh, my cabinet maker back at that time, him and I worked together and we did a trapezoid with, uh, uh American black walnut and African babinga is what nice. that trapezoid is made out of. So I am going to send him back with the pedestal and Good. probably send him back with my, um, uh, certificate of merit 
plaque that I got back in 2005 from Pope and Young, right? Just to show that, you know, yes, this thing was back and was at Pope and Young back in 2005, 2006, 2006, I think is when it was. But anyway, you know, so not not too many animals get invited to multiple multiple conventions. <laughs> so you, you're, you're, <laughs> you're a pretty rare company there, sir. <laughs> this so. is uh which again is is very very humbling you know um i happened to to go back up just the right time and just happened to be persistent enough to be able to to be fortunate enough to to harvest a quality animal like that yeah and and where where you were living in oregon when you took that I was, yes. Okay, all right. I just, I'm, I'm in Salem, so I like yes. to throw things out that I can get whatsoever. So, we, uh, we just came back from Oregon, so we still have a cabin on the uh, Middle Fork of the John Day River. Nice. Up in uh, Galena, you know where Galena is? Yes, sir. Yeah. So, so the little town of Galena, next to the, to the the original hotel that sits almost right on the road there that's our cabin right behind it wow okay so, very cool and, so i grew up in that country um i actually took my home oh man uh the i think it was the second so third really big bull elk i ever killed came from that country i killed a 340 inch uh, bull in that country yeah archery yeah so um which i've 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 harvested all 29 branch antler bull elk with a bow and arrow in my career which is wow. phenomenal my book is phenomenal so that, that's a when are you going to hit 30? Well, this, is this, this the year? year? Well, I'm hoping so. So I did draw a Montana elk tag this year. Okay. So my my goal was to have 30 of them by the time I was 60. Well, I'm 61, so I didn't make that. But I, I don't care who you are. I, I really don't care. My dad hunted for 31 years and killed one spike in his entire life. Okay. Here I am at 61 and I have 29 of them. And in my book, that is a phenomenal career for absolutely anybody. I don't care yeah. who it is, anybody, you know? So, um, you know, and I've, I've killed a taken a lot of raghorns um you know but i've taken seven uh six point bulls out of those seven five of them are 300 inches plus so pretty phenomenal all with a bow and arrow all self-guided all general season all doing the work myself none of it's yeah. guided it's all yeah. public land anybody can go out there and do it and that's that's the biggest thing I like to stress to people is, look, if I can do it, I know that anybody can go out there and do it. It's just what you put into it and how passionate you are about, it, you know, yeah. so. He's um, never hunted with me, Jason, if he thinks anybody can do it. Yeah, well, that's that's because <laughs> you just show up. You want to sit in a tree and wait for stuff to come to you. And, and it doesn't there always work that way in the West. So. No, no, you've got to put the legwork in. You know, I, I do. I've done several trips to to the backcountry of in Idaho by myself. Um, I don't know. I killed a three hundred and uh, he's like a three hundred five or something like that by myself. Um, packed him out by myself. Spent two days out there um, um, getting the animal and living on diet Pepsi and and oatmeal cream pie cookies that's what i lived on for two days so so i i'm i'm extreme when it comes to elk hunting because i love elk hunting and i respect the animal 
I, I, I just, I can't tell you how much I respect them. That is one of my passions in life is, uh, is elk hunting and fishing. Those are the two biggest passions in my life. So, yeah. yeah. So now here, Rodney, here's the question we ask everybody on the show is whether you're chasing elk or whether you're, you know, passing world record caribou, <laughs> you know, <laughs> had to bring it back up (laughs) hey this is the only chance we're gonna get to you know ask this Dylan. so anyway rodney when when you're out in the field what is one you know maybe a non-traditional item that you like to have with you in your pack oatmeal cream pies no i don't eat those no more so (laughs) (laughs) so um so i carry with me still to this day the hat I was wearing when I killed my first bull is still in my pack, folded up, broken arrow archery out of uh, out of uh, uh, Milwaukee, Oregon is where they used to be. That is still in my hat. It is nasty, grungy, but I can't not have it in my pack. There's something about a lucky hat. Yep. There is something about a lucky hat, so... Yep. That is uh all right. We'll take that. That's the first one. Lucky that's the first time anybody said lucky hat. We're gonna pop that on the list. Yep, yep. So it's kind of kind of weird because people ask me, what are, what are you doing with that thing? And it's like, look, I I don't know. It's just it's something about it that if I don't have it, um I'm just kind of off a little bit. So yeah, anyways, yeah. Well, so. you know, superstition's kind of a funny thing and and I always used to say it's a lot better to have a lucky hat than to not change your socks for weeks on end. You're so right. I, I'm changing my yep. socks every day, but I'll have a lucky hat. Yep. Yep. So. Yep. And it's, it's always with me in my backpack, whether I'm elk hunting or deer hunting, it doesn't matter. It's always in the pack. I believe it was even in the pack when I, when I took that, uh, when I took that caribou. So Yeah. Very you know. good. Well, I'll tell you what, so, Rodney. Congratulations, man. That's a that's quite the thing, and and not only congratulations, but thanks for sticking in with with us and yeah, you know, believing in Pope and Young even when things didn't exactly work out. You know, I mean, they, they worked out. They, it, it's just we've we've made some changes, and we're hoping they're for the better. And in this case, clearly, it's for the better. And and we're excited about it. And so thanks for sticking with us on this one. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, you guys did the right thing. Um, again, persistence, it, it pays off for you to be persistent, whether it's in your personal life or in the hunting life or trying to get your, your uh, uh, caribou recognized as the world record, persistence pays off right and if you do the right things and and um you work with the right people and again i commend pope and young on on what they did and being persistent also on making sure that they got all the data and they found everything they needed because obviously it paid off right yeah so yeah Jason, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna have to make sure tim doesn't listen to this episode or he's gonna get a little bit of a <laughs> ego <laughs> That's that's so. Uh, I'll do my best to to knock that down a notch. Then, if yeah. I need, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, nah. I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to being in Reno. I am going to be in Reno um, um, for that. Um, I'm I'm trying to figure out and trying to draw up plans as to how to ship that that uh, that caribou with the. Uh, with the pedestal, I, I haven't quite come up with an idea yet, but I'm working on it. So, okay. uh, but I will well, be there. I know I'll have friends and family that are pretty excited to come see that also. So, yeah, excellent. I'm I'm excited about it. Yeah, really. Well, excited. I'll tell you what. Number one, make sure you look me up. Um, looking forward to meeting you. And then, number two, here's a shout out to our friends at Cabela's and Bass Pro Shops. Um, you know, they take care of the shipping for a number of our trophies and they really make panel and convention possible because without 
with that Cabela's and Bass Pro Shops, um, the shipping charges for those trophies would be astronomical. So, yeah, you would get you would get a third of them out there. I would I would bet if people had to ship them on their own dime, it just it wouldn't happen. You know, and and I'll be coming from Dickinson and driving to probably Rapid City or Billings um, is going to be the closest place for me to to drive to to ship it. You know, yeah. Um, um, so you know, and I, I and I've got to say this, and I'm going to say it. Um, you know, I. I've got to give my wife a lot of my wife and my kids a lot of thanks for allowing me to be able to hunt the way I do. And, and, you know, my, my youngest daughter, um, I got her into archery hunting. She's killed several deer with the, with her bow, my wife. Um, she actually has 170 inch mule deer with a bow, which is bigger than any mule deer I've ever killed. Um, um, so, you know, I've got to give them thanks also for allowing me to to uh, pursue my passion and being gone for weeks at a time. Sometimes when I'm out running through the country yeah. and doing what I love to do. So absolutely. You know, our our families pay a, play a big role in that. So, um, you know, when I look back at the amount of people that I've been able to get into actual archery hunting, um, I. 30 people probably in, in the years that I've been archery hunting, yeah. I've been able to, to, uh, persuade people and, and show people the beauty of archery hunting, which, uh, I think archery hunting is, it takes a, it takes a special person and, and somebody who enjoys not killing, it's really enjoying the scenery and, and being out there and, and I like to look at it as, look, you're on, you're in their territory. You're, you're on their, their turf. And to be able to go out and do the things that I've been able to do, see the things that I've been able to see and harvest the animals I've been able to see is, is uh, the harvesting part is the bonus. The uh, everything else just leads up to that, you know? Yeah. So anyways so it's not about killing it's about it's about the camaraderie if you're with people and it's about uh being out there on their terms i think is the yeah. best word i can say so anyways so you know cool. i still like the killing part so do i <laughs> don't don't get me wrong but, but i look at that as the bonus right that yeah is, that is our bonus for working so hard to to uh get out there and do it you know um, yeah um from what i've harvested to you know i think my biggest bowl i've taken is uh 353 which is pretty phenomenal so pretty good bowl yeah i got a good buddy of mine dave uh he's he's actually one of our uh outfitters with north american guide service and i've i've been hunting and fishing with this guy for a number of years and and He's a phenomenal hunter. He gets into some of those big bucks over in that Vale territory. And um, it was kind of neat because the I was at the Western Hunt Expo and they do that, the big, they have the governor's tag for the state of Oregon. Yep. And the picture they show is one of the bucks that, that Tim and Dave got a guy on. And so it's kind of a kind of neat story. But anyway, Dave's been giving me a, a grief for years, going on 30 years now. He says, you know, because he's an excellent hunter. He says, he says, you know what? You're an okay hunter. He says, but mostly you're just a killer. And I'm just, and I'm like, you know what? I'm okay with that. I can live yeah. with it. I'll take it. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. There's, there's nothing wrong with that because that's, uh, you know, um, we pretty much survive on what we can take from nature, right? Whether it's yeah. fish, whether it's it's uh, deer, whether it's elk, it, it, it doesn't matter. Birds, whatever, you know, and, uh, and I would extend this invitation just like I did with Tim. And, you know, Tim has roots back here in North Dakota, and I can't believe that he doesn't come out here more. But, uh, you know, you guys ever want to go bird hunting or you want to do some fishing or something, you know, the, the invitation is there. That's something I just love to do is, is get people to be outdoors and show them an absolute phenomenal time. 
So absolutely. Anyways, because what about if we want to kill a new world record? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know. Hey. So, so I'm just hanging. I'm gonna hang out with Rodney. I'm gonna say, Rodney, you want that one? <laughs> no. Okay, I'll take that one. Yeah, I'll take whatever you're, you pass. You're that. gonna pass that. I'll take that. I'll just. Yep. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> well, you know, um, um, I don't know. We we love the meat and stuff, right? That's just yeah. that's really why I'm out there. I just get lucky. It was a Mount Emily bull. That's the bull that I went horn hunting on. It's the only one in my life I've yeah. ever went horn hunting on. Is that particular bull, right? Everything else was was uh, okay. Well, five point steps in front of me. I killed more five points than probably anybody but um just happens to be the bull step in front of me at that time you know so the only time he's ever horn hunted he kills a world record jay that's right here it's you know it's hard for me because i think of how many years that i would have given anything for a five point and then when i have a five point in front of me now it's it's you know i want to i want to pass that so i can get the bigger bull but I think of how many times that I would have given whatever just to have that five point and, and my mind starts taking over and that's where the, you know, the killer kind of jumps in and says, yep, five points better than no points. Yeah. Bam. So <laughs> well, I, I do get some grief for my wife because she's like, you just need to go kill something. We need to meet. And it's like, yeah, well, okay. But you know, they, in my mind, they've got to be allowed to grow up a little bit too and get past that two and three year old stage, right? So, um, trying to do my part for for the species and trying to grow the herds and get the genetics and stuff. And trust me, it doesn't always work that way because um, the usually the last week of the season, it's like, all right, I dare any one of them to step in front of me because I'm going to tip it old, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. So. <laughs> Yeah. So, so that does happen. Right. So I do really good. I do really good about passing small ones until the end of November. And then it's all bets off. All bets off. Yeah. It brought down. (laughs) I actually, this last season, I FaceTimed my dad after I shot my buck and I'm like, Hey dude, I just wanted to show you this deer I just shot. And he said, well, you've passed bigger ones than that all year long. I'm like, I know, but it wasn't then in November. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so funny funny things happen when you start getting to the end of the season yeah. you know and uh the here's here's the great thing about north dakota so north dakota our archery season starts in august and we get to hunt till the first weekend of january wow okay so um but these deer are extremely extremely hard to hunt these deer out here in these uh open prairies and you know you get some coolies and stuff but man these deer these deer are something else to hunt out here but they're a lot of fun so i enjoy it yeah i i really enjoy it so well that's great well rodney once again man thanks for joining us today congratulations on that world record i cannot wait to lay eyes on that thing uh, here coming, it's, it's coming up faster than we realize April's on, you know, right around the corner. So, um, look yeah, forward to meeting you. yeah. And, uh, and so we'll, uh, I think we're going to, we've got a press release that we're working on. So hopefully that'll be out. And then all your friends, you can just send that to them and say, here, just in case there was any doubt in your mind. So, yeah. So I sent him the actual field picture. I don't know if he shared it with you guys, but, but, um, I did, uh, I did send him the actual field picture of me with that caribou. So probably ought to have him share it with you. So pretty phenomenal. Yeah, Yeah. pretty, pretty phenomenal. So, um, and then real quick, just real funny, if you got just a second. So I'm one of those guys that, I'm very passionate about what I do. I'm very passionate about my hunting. Um, I, I take things probably a little further than what I should, but, um, and this kind of a personal story, but the first big bull that I ever killed in my life, I actually had a ring made out of this ivory. 
okay, with the score of the bull on there. And then I turned around and I had that bull tattooed on my shoulders, okay? So then my caribou, when I found out that he was the world record, I actually took that picture. If Tim will send you that picture, tattooed on my other shoulder. Because I respect the animals and anything like that, you know, I've never been really big on tattoos, but if, but because I have so much passion and respect for the animals, I figured what better thing to, to put on yourself. If you're going to put something on there, put something on there that means something to you. So if I can anyways, world kind of record, cool. I'll tattoo that mug on my cheek. I don't care. <laughs> you know, I, I'll, I'm not going on the cheek, but I'll tell Forehead. you what, I, I'm not so sure if I get a world record, I might do the same. So, yeah yeah i'm gonna have to look you know, that up what it's so it's yeah is there like a world record for the number of fudgicles you can eat in an hour or something like that because that might be easier to <laughs> uncrustables uncrustables <laughs> how many uncrustables and i don't know man some of those people can, can put that stuff yeah in. anyway yeah. rodney so, once again thanks know, so much man Okay, guys. Well, I appreciate it. I look forward to meeting you. I'm, I'm excited to get back there. I'm excited to uh, um, for the recognition that uh, that he's going to get. And, and again, I just uh, persistence, baby. I can't say that enough. Is if you're persistent enough, things things are going to happen. So, right. anyways. And if I had one piece of advice for you, I you know I I think I would just say. Next time, I wouldn't necessarily pass a world record and hope he's still there two hours later. Yeah, he had to make well, it interesting, though. Yeah, you know, it's a way better story. But still. It's like five hours later, right? Five, okay, okay. So, which is uh, again, things are things happen for a reason, and sometimes they're just meant to be. So, I look at it as like, well, I think when I when I first saw him, that was just a preview. Right. And the real life stuff's coming up later. So there you go. How else do you look at it? You know, and the other piece of it is, is the this particular herd in the central Canadian barren ground. This, you know, and I'm not going to say it, but um, there's not a lot of opportunity to go up there and shoot them things anymore because the herd's been so depleted by by the wolves by overhunting by you know there's several things that enter into it so um i'm pretty honored to be able to to have been able to go on that trip twice and take four great species so excellent well keep uh keep shooting them and and now the next thing is get the next one to panel yep that's it so, so okay all right Gentlemen, thanks Rodney. great yep all right.